Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. I'm your recently newly employed master of ceremonies, Matt Berry. I got a, bad, I got a job at a movie theater again. Woohoo! Represent! Yeah, yeah. It's just in time for no horror movies to come out the rest of this summer. <laughs> hey, we got Purge, or for oh, the Purge shit, coming I out. I forgot about the Purge. Absolutely. I'm How can you forget about the purge? There's just so much other shit going on. I've been watching <laughs> Saw. That's true. Because they dropped that. That's that's true. It's because they dropped that trailer, like sneakily, and then didn't talk about it the rest of until uh, now. The rest of time. Like they just dropped that trailer, and then the next week they're like, "We're remaking Firestarter," and I'm immediately like, "Why? You gotta." Don't you want to talk about your dope-ass trailer you just did? It's the coolest The Purge <laughs> has looked since 2016. Yeah. But we have other things to talk about this episode. What do we have to talk about this episode? Yes. We have to talk about Darren Lynn Bowsman's directorial debut with Saw 2. <laughs> now, I, so yes, technically it's his directorial debut, the only two other things that he did in film school was, like, his senior project, and then, like, something that he financed himself, not a big deal. So imagine, uh, this whole episode is going to just be me, probably both of us, getting really jealous at art, art people, just, like, immediately getting a break and then having a career forever. Because he did mm-hmm. pretty much nothing and then was shopping around a script for years and everyone hated it until the cinematographer of Saw took it was like, do you, you want to just turn this into Saw 2? And then that's been his career ever since. Yep. It was Saw, his weird musicals, Spiral, yeah. a bunch of other horror movies, and now, like, I tried looking up what the hell he's doing now. It's immersive VR horror. I don't understand. It, ca- it seems like it huh. has to do with, like, loot boxes, real-life viral marketing. I don't know. It, it seems interesting. It's like immersion stuff. Like, he'll put ads out that have, like, clues to shit. It's a lot of, like... Interesting. It seems like a mix between, like, Hunt a Killer and Escape Room and, like, the marketing for Blair Witch. Okay. I don't know. But here's the thing. Huh. He can do that because immediately... Because he's got... He <laughs> made Saw. <laughs> like, he made the franchise. <laughs> me... Well, yeah, because he did a lot of heavy lifting for the Saw franchise to be a franchise. Yeah, well, he... Well, because... We're gonna get into it with this, but, like... So, you just caught lightning in a... You're James Wan, okay? And I'm Lee Winnell. You can tell by looking at us that we are the same... We're exact (laughs) one-to-one comparisons. Uh, We've just (laughs) caught lightning in a bottle with Saw, okay? We've made this extremely successful horror movie. It's redefined culture. It's put Lionsgate relatively on the map. And what do you do? Like, when, and in the first week of our Lightning in a Bottle movie, we get a greenlit sequel that is whatever we want to do. What do we do? We say, uh-uh, Lionsgate. Let's make another puppet movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a true story. Well, because the whole time, I was wondering why the two of them didn't get involved in this movie at all. And I'm like, it can't be because of Dead Silence, because Dead Silence didn't come out till 07. But they were doing footwork for Dead Silence two years before it came out. 
And that is a whole story. That I've only grasped the edges of it, but it is a big old tornado of bullshit, at least from Lee Winnell's end. So whenever we cover that yeah. movie, half of it's just going to be like the bullshit. Story time. Like, like why you as a successful filmmaker should never just buy, like why you should never just pitch a concept and then have a studio buy that concept and turn it into whatever they want. Which is unfortunate. No, sell a script. No, it's unfortunate. That's why they're like, we're always just going to make weird shit that we want to do forever. Mm-hmm. Well, Lee Winnell has been killing that game uh, yeah, with his I weird shit movies. I loved Cooties. You could, anyone can talk shit about the no, movie, no, and no, I get I, it, I but I loved that movie. I wasn't talking about Cooties. I was talking about um, just him and James Wan's, like... Uh, upcoming projects like if you go on their imdb it's a lot of stuff that i'm like okay and so like is <laughs> is james wan back for aquaman yeah. 2 whatever that new title is yeah he's doing aquaman 2 he's also doing some movie called malignant's like he made his own horror movie so i think it's just gonna be like whenever he can sell it they'll release it okay he's got like a bunch of shit and and lee winnell has been working a lot with blumhouse so and, mm-hmm. and uh, this is not an insult. They'll make anything because if, if they can make it yeah. cheap, they'll make it. They don't care. So Lee Winnell mm-hmm. just keeps coming. Because they won't them. lose money on yeah, it. Exactly. Like he'll just come to them with scripts and be like, you're going to make money on this movie no matter how good it is. And Lee Winnell tries his hardest to make it good. That's what he did with Invisible Man, mm-hmm. Upgrade. Um, what I hope he's going to do with that Upgrade TV show and whatever else he ends up doing. Yeah. So getting back into Saw, that's the reason for the season. <laughs> Right, everyone that's listening. <laughs> the season, the summer of Saw. Yeah, I so, feel like it's a car sales event when I <laughs> when I named it that. The, what's what do they call those dumb shit like um, Christmas sales? It's like the Honda Summer of Sales Happy event. Happy Honda Days. That's what that is. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> this is that. I'm not even gonna come up with a bullshit one, but yeah, that's just us with Saw. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about every commercial during like yeah the summer. It's just like, it's warm out. Shouldn't you want to save money? Here's a sale. Get a car. This episode's off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> it's because we've been talking for like 15 minutes already. <laughs> it's true. Okay, so our second entry into the Saw franchise, 2005's follow-up to the Juan Winnell powerhouse, changes up the pacing of the franchise while fleshing out the universe set up in the first movie. Saw 2 follows in the footsteps of most direct sequels to follow-up horror films, at least back in the day. Go bigger, go scarier, and go crazier. With an increased budget, a huge amount of hype, and a fledgling director-writer, Saw 2 goes beyond the schlocky redux of most horror sequels that just take the plot beats from the first hit, set it in a new place with new faces, and new kills. Instead, this sequel takes the otherwise standalone horror thriller that came before it and sows the seeds for everything that is to come over the next half a dozen movies. From setting up an intense, character-driven cast of intrepid law enforcement personnel that viewers will follow along the following movies, to slowly unfolding a labyrinthian narrative of mystery, horror, and death that I believe, and I know you believe too, is the true draw and the heart of the franchise. Oh yeah, the best way to describe these movies, in my opinion, is a fun police soap opera with murder. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I, I'm just I'm I'm just gonna take a second. The whole like last two sentences, I'm writing and I'm like, yeah, man, like this is my thesis voice. <laughs> Also, I have to admit, I just love the fact, I just love the word schlocky, because I just think it's so fun. It looks really funny gets, when you write it. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like, I'll tell you that. It looks like it shouldn't be a word. No. Well, because I was half expecting my computer to be like, fix your fucking grammar. And I was like, no, man, good point. <laughs> nah, good. Yeah, we like it. Yeah, the little paperclip guy comes up and is like, you're making some good points about an underrated franchise. And I'm like, I know. Thank you, Microsoft Help. <laughs> so <laughs> good old clippy yeah <laughs> are you trying to start a successful torture porn franchise no clippy I'm not <laughs> so approved for pre-production during the opening weekend of saw as we said the sequel was unable to be helmed by james wan and lee winnell the creators of the franchise who were preparing for the next big project dead silence so um I know we're we're not going to cover Dead Silence for a bit, but can you just, for the listeners, explain the plot of that movie in, like, a sentence? Just so they know why we think it's hilarious. Um, town it Hold on. Let, me, let me get a, proper grammar here. It can here. be, like, a run-on sentence. Oh, no, no, no. Don't you worry. <laughs> I got this. I got oh, this. Oh, shit. Okay. A town is taken hostage by manic puppet lady after her death. I mean, I would have just said the nursery rhyme. <laughs> Do you remember the nursery rhyme, Danny? I know I it if you don't. I think I do. Please, please, Be w- serenade us. And I need you to imagine you're in a dark room and there's a little girl with a creepy jack-in-the-box, okay? And I, that's the voice that should be coming out of her and not my horrible voice okay so it's (laughs) beware the stare of mary shaw she had no children only dolls and if you see her in your dreams make sure you never ever scream it's got puppets it's full of puppets lots of puppets lots of puppets yeah like a lot of Kelly puppets. hate would hate Kelly. I think Kelly does hate well, this movie. We showed him that just movie. because it's puppets. We showed him that movie, and they had that one scene where there's literally a wall of ventriloquist dolls, and each of them turn their head, and it makes a noise. <laughs> mm-hmm. He lost his shit. Okay. So fortunately for uh, Lee Winnell and James Wan, and for all of us, uh, Darren Lynn Bowsman had been shopping around a script of his called The Desperate since 2004 and would find both he and his script in the office of Greg Hoffman. Now, the story here is that David A. Armstrong, who is the cinematographer for Saw 1 through, like, 6, he was in a meeting. uh, I don't remember how he got assigned to it, but they were interviewing, you know, cinematographers for this movie or something. And he showed up, he read the script, and he said, Hey, can I show this to Greg Hoffman? who was the producer of Saw. Because for the longest mm. time, Bozeman had been shopping on this movie, and it was before Saw, so a lot of people were like, ah, it's too violent, it won't work. And then after Saw, everyone was like, ah, it's too much like Saw. So he's getting nowhere. So, and in what I wish would fucking happen to me, the creator of the thing that maybe sort of inspired the thing you wrote, read that and was like, do you want this to just be the next movie? And he said, Sure. 
And then they made him okay. writer and director and then flew him out to Toronto within two weeks. So, like, it's that one, yes. And then you're immediately, like, in charge of this fucking whole franchise. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so Hoffman and the rest of Twisted Pictures figured that with Winnell and Juan out for the Greenlit sequel, his script would make a great Saw too. And so with the help of James Wan, Bowsman uh, edited the script, you know, kind of, in, in, you know, introduced it into well, the world Well, and Lee Winnell has a writing credit on it, right? He does, but I think it's just because it's, I think like, he's characters... Co- Okay. Yeah, he, I think he could be listed because it still has, like, John Kramer. Like, it, it references, like, the mm-hmm. characters. Um, and because James Wan helped write it, it was like, well, Lee was the writer. So, like, let's just kind of put him on as the writing credit. Because, you're, okay. like, because truly, you know, Darren Lynn Bowsman didn't write this entire movie from scratch. He wrote a movie that was a lot like it, and then James Wan helped him make it a Saw movie. So mm-hmm. even then, like... It wasn't just all, you know, Bowsman's vision that just fucking kicked it up a notch. Um, but according to him, he said the traps in the original script stayed. So that whole, Ooh. like, nerve gas house thing, he mm-hmm. he had, you know, more or less, you know, already written. Like, he had a quote that was something to the effect of, like, if my script had been made into a movie and you watched Saw 2 at the same time, you couldn't even draw a comparison. Like, they would be totally different movies on the basis solely that they are. One of them's now a Saw movie. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's cool that he wrote this, like, fucked up shit and was like, no, 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 I'm on board with what you guys are putting down. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, um, I'd say it isn't much hyperbole to say that um, this decision... To put Bozeman in charge would make Saw one of the most culturally significant and commercially successful franchises in the world. I I think that's <laughs> a fair statement. Especially because he would go on to direct Saw 3 and 4 as well as Spiral that came out this past uh, May. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I was going to say, I think he's deal. the longest running director with the franchise. Director because he for helmed sure. the four movies. Yeah, director for sure because he. I mean, he just did more than one. I think. Mm-hmm. I think the guy that did six also did seven. Um, but I, I mean, the he guy did... who did seven was one of the editors. No, yeah, that is true. After yeah, okay. starting in Saw Five, I think because the guy that directed Five is David A. Armstrong. Like, I think they just gave it to whoever had been involved with it the longest and was like, you know what's up, so you can keep the spirit mm-hmm. going. Which is nice, especially in a movie, you know, like most franchises, I mean, as we know from Halloween, every couple of years they drastically change tones depending on who's in charge. Yeah. So only those key cast and crew members who were involved in the film's ending were given the full script. The rest only received the first 88 pages. If a particular page was rewritten the old page was destroyed. All involved were also required to sign confidentiality agreements requiring them not to release any plot details. Several alternate endings were reported to have been shot in order to keep the ending a surprise. Bowsman gave the actors freedom to change dialogue in the script. He said 95% of the time the actors went by the script, 
5% was ad-libs, and it made all the difference in the world. But that's how yeah, much that's this how you movie cr- is That's fucked. how you make yeah. a character. No, absolutely. That's but, how you yeah. bring it. But he, man, that's, that, that's... I respect that in a director. Well, and it's because... Especially when yeah. they use 95% of the original dialogue, too. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you then, know, especially because... Like, if you watch these two films back to back, like Saw 1 and Saw 2... They're very different movies, and I think a lot of that comes down to how they're written. Um, I'm going to mm-hmm. give Bozeman a bit more credit in making the dialogue seem a little bit more like grounded in the situation. Like, there's mm-hmm. never just lines where you're like, why would he say that? Like, you know, I'm, my name is very fucking confused. Like, you're, <laughs> you sit there for a second, and you're like, why would he say that? Like, there's yep. no line in Saw 2, with the exception of when John tells uh, Matthews that there will be blood, and you're like, why, did, why would you say that? <laughs> like, there's no other line that's just like, huh, that's odd. Most of it is like, it's just, this is how we further the agenda, especially the, everyone in the house. Like, everything they say matters. To It, it helps you, t- you know ground what the fuck is happening to them mm-hmm. now um real quick with the the writing again but greg hoffman said in an interview with fangoria that they listened to fan suggestions on the last movie for instance instead of only showing the aftermath of a character violently dying in a flashback they would allow it to unfold as it happened so, the audience asked for more gore. This wasn't like and a man. Did they deliver? Yeah. So, I maybe I just I'm wondering where the disconnect came because I think they a lot of people put on the studio. They're like, oh, they just wanted to make more gore, put more and more fucked up shit in there. It's like you guys asked for this. We were just gonna make really cool crime dramas, and then you wanted them to be gory. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, and so with four times the budget of the original and twice as long of a shooting schedule, which sounds longer, but it was just 25 days instead of like 14, uh, from mm-hmm. green lighting to completeness, Saw 2 only took 11 months. So they. Wow. Well, because I think part of it's they already had a script. And they were trying very hard to, you know, clinch that coveted Halloween release. Because if you know anything about mm-hmm. Saw when they were coming out, they always would come out on Halloween. Like, that was a it's thing not for... October yeah, without, without Saw. Saw. Like, for the better part of a decade, every Halloween was a Saw movie. And mm-hmm. and I want to find more... There's, I can't find a lot of information on online. But every single year, without fail, they would also hold the blood drive. I think that's so cool. It's called the Give Till It Hurts blood drive. Oh. Uh, And it's characterized by um, semi-erotic-looking horror photography. They would have, like, pretty women dressed as nurses with a bunch of, like, weird shit. Like, they would look like Lady Gaga extras, where they'd have dresses covered in hypodermic needles or, like, weird shit on their face or something like that. But, like, that would characterize, like, 
hey man, it's time to donate blood. And there's like there's figures out there like they ended up accumulating over like the seven or eight years that they did this, like mm-hmm. you know tens of thousands of pints of blood. So like this, you know, was a good thing that happened. Yeah. Um, conversely, with the bad thing that happened with this movie, was that uh, so like I said with the blood drive, there's like all these posters coming out and shit because the movie had double the budget of the original movie just on advertising and marketing. So like saw two was like, they let you know it was coming out. Um, they made a Mm -hmm. mockumentary that followed the events between the first and second movies. It was basically just like a mock 60 minutes that, um, Donnie Wahlberg shows up in as detective Matthews. Uh, it just kind of fleshes out the world more. And again, it built hype. Uh, they had the blood drives, um, and the poster. Now the poster is, it's going to be one of the ones I put in for the, the Instagram post. Uh, it's a very famous one that you noted was the coolest looking to you where it's just two severed fingers after the word saw. So Mm -hmm. apparently that was too intense for the MPAA, the motion picture association of America, the people that like censor and rate movies and shit. Uh, so I don't, I couldn't remember exactly what it was. I think it was just because it was already done and it was after the MPAA had like looked over everything. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's on them. They missed this. They missed the poster. So someone wasn't doing their job, I think. Uh, so they basically like the poster got released and they're like, okay, we, we, (laughs) we, we should have banned that poster because it's disgusting. Um, so they ended up taking it off, like, the movie took it off its own website, just kind of because they're like, yeah, we, we probably shouldn't have put that out. Like, we, we kind of <laughs> fucked you guys on that. That's like, our we, bad. Like, we did it on purpose, but, like, now you're just making us feel bad about it. Um, so that poster now, which I'm glad is now, like, on all of the, the movies and shit, is, uh, mm-hmm. it was banned by the Motion Picture Association of America for being too intense, which is funny because... As the movie posters go on, they get more and more fucked up looking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, aside from Saw 4, where it's just someone straight up wearing a face. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of that one for Saw 4. I was thinking of the one with, like, the buzzsaw at the back of the skull. I, I think that's that 4. Well, 4 also, I mean, the one that I have that's 4 is just a severed head in like a weighing thing, like an autopsy thing. Yeah. All of these posters, by the way, I'm going to put up with each movie. Like I've already like compiled a huge index of just like, okay, I found saw six. I need to find all the really awesome posters to show people like this was like how fucking cool the posters looked. Um, mm-hmm. cause I mean, it's one of my favorite things about these movies. is just how like twisted as fuck looking the posters are. Yeah. I mean, Oof. I mean that that did it for both of us. The fucked up imagery mm-hmm. was what initially drove both of us to have this like lingering interest of what these movies were about. Oh man, saw so, that a great. Yeah, <laughs> we should cover it sometime. <laughs> well, yeah, we should probably talk about yeah. it. So as I said earlier. The movie introduces the audience to the residences of this fictitious world by introducing the police department hunting down the jigsaw killer that was only alluded to in the last movie. 
These individuals will be the players in the next few movies. And I use players as both a pun and a literal thing. Um, a pattern that will continue for the rest of the franchise through final chapter. Every single movie, you meet someone new, they're either super important to that movie or super important to the next movie or the next next movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or and, the next couple movies. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I didn't really highlight... Under like my cast, I only have like about four people because everyone introduced in this movie has their own movie later, and I'm just like, I'll just talk about yep. them then. Like I don't, I'm not gonna talk about Carrie or Riggs. I'm like, they have their own movies later because that's as it because they all are in, they saw three and saw three, four. four, yeah, and five's got more people and six. Like it's just mm-hmm. more and more. Again, it's, they just it's, compile yeah. until the final chapter. Yeah, it, again, it's it's the soap opera where like you know who this person is, and then like I, it's one of my favorite like Easter eggs that's in Saw Three is like just for a second you're like, wait, who the fuck is that woman? And then they just don't talk about it the rest of the movie, and then for four you're like, this is who that woman was, and now she's very mm-hmm. important. So like they just do yeah. that where they're like, it's almost like they finish the movie, and like for two months to like, okay, what's like the general vibe of the next movie going to be. They find out what that is. And then they go back and like add one scene into the last movie, just so that they all fucking link together. Yeah. Um, so speaking of cast, so speaking of cast, uh, who heads up this whole movie? So the, the main character in this movie, along with, um, Tobin Bell as John Kramer is, the one and only Donnie Wahlberg as Detective Eric it's Matthews, who, who Donnie, you may be Donnie like, D. oh, who's Donnie boy? Um, he's the younger brother of Mark World Wahlberg and a former new Wahlberg. kid on the block, <laughs> which um, one day on the set of this movie, Darren Lynn Bowsman made a joke about new kids on the block and Donnie was pissed. Wait, <laughs> yeah. So oh, I was listening to say? an interview I don't, he didn't remember, but he was like, he just made a joke one time. Oh, and then later on in the day, like one of the PAs was like, hey, just so you know, Donnie's, Donnie's not happy about that. Oh, my but then God. by the next day, they were like buddies again. So yeah, it was just that one day where Donnie knowing, was like, knowing, I can't hear about this anymore. Fucking knowing Darren Lynn Bowsman, he probably was like, fuck the Backstreet Boys. Fuck new kids on the block. Like, he probably was just like, fuck that. Like, it's fucking stupid. Because <laughs> he's a little, like, because he's us. He's just a fucking little shit. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he probably was just like, so you're talking shit about my band, uh, Darren? It's like, yeah, Donnie, <laughs> yeah, we want to fucking do something about it? And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> just know I need this. Yeah. So, like, so, again, Donnie Wahlberg is, he's the youngest, he's one of the younger brothers of Mark Wahlberg. Uh, yeah, he was in The New Kids on the Block. Um, he's currently <laughs> part owner of Wahlburgers, which is a chain of very real burger restaurants. Um, one of which is in St. Charles because that's where Donnie Wahlberg lives. About 15 huh. minutes from where I'm currently sitting in my home in Bartlett. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's uh, not he, far. He married, um, oh, what's the model that doesn't believe in vaccinations? Jenny McCartney is her name. Jenny McCartney, right? Hold on. There's a Jesse McCarthy, and there's a Jenny so. McCartney. I don't I can always It's Jenny them. McCarthy. Okay. Yes, he's married to her. And they got married at a ceremony 
at a uh, in a hotel in St. Charles. It's right on the river. It's a really beautiful building. And that hotel is apparently fucking really haunted. So just fun stories oh. about St. Charles and uh yeah, so like when that when the restaurant opened, like he was there. And I mean, we were at school, but I really wanted to be there and just be like, I mean, I don't really want to go get a burger, but I just want to be like, Donnie, I legitimately loved Saw and Dead Silence. (laughs) Well, yeah, because he was in Dead Silence with James Wan. He pretty much plays the exact same character. (laughs) Genuinely, you could tell me that he is the exact same person in both movies, and I would 100% believe it. I mean, that's my pet theory, because Saw 2 is and Dead Silence are pretty much, like, twin movies that were made around the exact mm-hmm. same time of each other. Um, so Donnie D also appeared in The Sixth Sense, uh, which I haven't watched in a while, but apparently he's um, Bruce Willis. Who's I've never seen it. Okay, Bruce Willis is a psychiatrist, and he's got a mm-hmm. fucking rambunctious patient who's very important to the plot of the movie, and Donnie Wahlberg is that patient. He's also one of the main characters okay. in Band of Brothers, um, the newer seasons of Blue Bloods, Dead Silence, as we said. He also was the Masked Singer on, like, the last season of The Masked Singer. I heard about that. That show just confuses me. I don't know what is happening with it. You know, at least he's a singer. Like, he can. Yeah, that's sing. true. So I guess Well, he's fun. one of the two people I've heard of on the show, and the other is Donny Osmond, and I'm like... Okay, that makes sense. Donnie Donny Osmond, Osmond. he's a singer. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so Donnie Wahlberg is Detective Eric Matthews, who is very, very important in the next couple of movies. Detective Matthews mm-hmm. is a problematic police officer. Uh, he, yes. I mean, pretty much, I mean... He's really bad, but, like, he's not the worst. Like, there are worse cops later in the movies, excluding Spiral. Mm-hmm. He's just got problems. Um, so yeah. Matthews is a cop that has a history of violence with um, suspects, uh, the media, pretty much anybody in his vicinity. Um, he's got a bit of mm-hmm. an attitude. And um, he has a history of yeah. roughing up suspects in interrogation rooms, planting evidence, getting wrongful conviction, convictions, lying on the stand, you know, all generic corrupt cop shit. Uh, mm-hmm. And that has that along with a um, affair with his partner, Carrie, um, causes his marriage to implode, causes him to lose custody of his son. Um, IA Mm -hmm. internal affairs has been, has kind of benched him. They're like, you're, you're a detective, but you're just going to stay in the office. You're not going to do a whole lot. Um, cause that's unfortunately what they do most of the time with police officers that are in trouble. Mm -hmm. So yeah, all of that being said, that's him going into this. And I really just appreciate the fuck out of not only the nuances of how they wrote and how Donnie plays Matthews, but this character has so much depth to them that's not just mm-hmm. they're a piece of shit cop. Um, well, yeah, because there's you know so much I mean? happening to yeah. him. Like, as, and especially as soon as his son is involved in any mm-hmm. situ- in any circumstance, you see him break yeah. mentally in that point because no one's ever gone so far as to try to use his family to tear him yeah. apart internally. And oh, the just the emotion that Donnie has on his face when he sees 
on the footage. Yep, good, good, good on good. the camera that his son is in that is a part of this game yeah. with this now known jigsaw killer. He is mortified. One of my favorite shots, and they come back to it a couple times, is he's just powerlessly staring at these monitors, crying like silently, like the tough mm-hmm. guy cry because he's just fucking helpless. Like Jigsaw's well, and, not giving and him John any Kramer leeway. doesn't make it any better. No, he's just pushing he's like his butt. not. He's just like knowing your son. He's probably cowering in a corner. That's such a and funny it's just like, Jesus. Like Jig John is not more of a little shit than he is in this movie. But he's doing it because it's all an act. Truly. It's all it's all just to mm-hmm. fuck with with Detective Matthews because and I think that's mm-hmm. it says something to him because not only is he holding it together from just beating the shit out of John because he would have. And mm-hmm. he, because he, it's like not only, okay, yeah, he was a corrupt cop. He's made mistakes. Yes. But they show clear, you know, steps that he has made to better himself. That he has just tried mm-hmm. to remove. He's like, you know what? Maybe being behind a desk was good. You know, fucking, this divorce is killing me. I've, I'm, all my mistakes have finally caught up with me. It's time for me to, like, admit that I'm a piece of shit sometimes. And, mm-hmm. It's in that world that he gets pretty much given the jigsaw case because he's call- like Carrie calls him to a crime scene um, from the trap in the cold open, which we'll talk about eventually. But for two reasons, mm-hmm. one being the victim was a um, it was an informant. Former arrest. It was, yeah. It, well, no, oh, yeah, that's right. Former arrest, it was informant. It was his informant. Uh, but also at the crime scene, Jigsaw wrote. He called out Detective Matthews. He wrote his name on the wall. By name, yeah. Yeah, like he called him out by name. So I think that, again, in Spiral, like just by the trailer, like when you and I were watching it and they're like, he's targeting cops. I'm like, yeah, he's been doing that. Jigsaw's done that. He's been doing it since Saw 2. It kind of was like (laughs) the second thing he did after he did the whole first movie. Immediately he was like, let's clean up the police force haunting me. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Well, and again... We'll talk about Spiral much, much later, but the cops in that movie just felt like these are the straw men of terrible, shitty cops that deserve to be, like, murdered. Matthews Mm -hmm. seems like a real man. Yeah, you know, what he did was not right, but he's admitted his mistakes, he's trying to get better, and the whole time Jigsaw is just like, I know you want to beat the shit out of me. What's stopping you? Mm -hmm. Like, it did you, you know, it clearly was what gave you such accolades in your department and, like, made you feel good. Why don't you just do it again? And it takes, I mean, even when he's throwing his son in his face, he doesn't beat him up for most of the movie. For a while. (laughs) Yeah, it it, it takes him a while and until he's past his When it takes a lot to break him, yeah. yeah, Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's he it goes help through a lot before he finally Riggs is like, breaks. You should kill him. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Riggs is not a sub, it's not a good support system. There. Yeah, Carrie's Riggs the one being like, like yeah. don't Carrie's don't give it in. And then Riggs is like, hey, if you want, legs. I can hold Carrie back so you can punch yeah. the shit out of this dude. Like, if you just broke his legs, I'd vouch for you. And I'm like, Riggs, yeah. this is what's gonna fuck you over later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I mean, not only that, but the first scene we see with Matthews is he's picking up his son from he, he like got sh- he was like arrested shoplifting or something, right? 
Something like that, yeah. He's doing some, like, juvenile delinquent shit. Um, He goes to pick up his son. Obviously, there's no charges. He's like, yeah, I'm the cop. I kind of smooth it over. Um, But the relationship that he has with his son has... It's got a lot of depth for just, like, the one scene that they have together Mm -hmm. the entire movie. And I just really, like... It's... There's so much really good character shit in all of these movies. There really is. And you don't even have to, like, really look for it. It's right there. It's the, like, Mm -hmm. we're making a movie about human will and, like, what it means to be human. We gotta fill it with human moments. Like, even in the movies that are, like, you know, like, once you get down the line, like, Saw 5, Saw 6, the entirety of those movies are predicated on someone making hard decisions or why they make the decisions they do. And the whole thing is a case mm-hmm. study in how to deal with someone who has completely changed their worldview and how to, like, unlearn that yeah. in them. And I'm like, those are the movies that everyone cites as just, like, wall-to-wall torture porn. And I'm like, there's so much character depth in that. And you see it there's, in these movies. And there's so much happening. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's literally so much. And that's all before we... I mean as soon as he kind of puts the pieces together and goes to, you know, they, they find the jigsaw hideout. I'm skipping ahead. We're going to cover all this in a bit, but mm-hmm. it's a good half hour or so into the movie before we even get into the trap plot. And even then yeah. it's like it, the movie doesn't seem crowded because you get to learn like everything that we just said about the cop plot as we kind of refer, like, thank you dead meat for differentiating the cop plot and the trap. Yes. Plot. It's just so much easier. Like, all my outlines are going to be that from now on. Just, like, cop plot, trap plot. Here's all the shit for this, mm-hmm. here's all the shit for that. Um, but, I mean, they do the exact same thing we just said. They they give everyone relative amounts of personality. Um, mm-hmm. For some of them, they make them, like, needlessly super interesting. And then, like, they don't talk about him. But I'm like, I want to know more about him. Um, and none of those people are more central to the story especially the trap plot than amanda who comes yes. back from the first movie yeah shawnee smith is back as amanda young who we didn't really talk about in that one because she's no, yeah. a I larger part th- of this movie yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, so shawnee smith got her start as a dancer in the 1982 annie um, that's crazy that i want to rewatch in- it just to look for her <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, she's definitely, like, um, it's a dancer, so she's, like, in the background somewhere, and she's probably mm-hmm. 13, but I want to find out where she is. I was like, we got to find her and point her out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, then she since has appeared in both The Stand and The Shining TV miniseries, the remake of The Blob no, with Kevin with Dillon. Kevin Dillon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Anger Management with Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Um, She's also an avid musician fronting a punk metal band with, I'm going to butcher this name. It's Robert Trujillo. Uh, Robert Trujillo of Metallica. Yeah, and a, a country duo with fellow, actr- fellow actress Missy Pyle. Um, she was also and four months Matt pregnant. Has in all caps, <laughs> while filming this movie. Yeah. Which is nuts. So she went... From making all of this, all of the scenes she was in in the first movie, she had she made when she had a hundred and four degree fever. Then this movie, she's getting thrown mm. into pits of needles while she's four months pregnant, 
And I looked it up. It wasn't like, a, oh, we did all of this stuff to like let, you know, to make sure it was safe. She didn't tell anybody. The only time that anyone knew yep. was when her other, so she um, had a child from a previous marriage. And so her daughter came on the set and like spilled the beans on accident in front of Darren Bowsman. And so only he knew, but then he promised that he would. It was him and an assistant director. They were the only ones who knew. They just like, and it was probably like, you know, you know, it was like the day after they're like, you know, Shawnee, can we throw you into this pit of needles? And she's like, yeah, fucking go crazy. And the next day Darren's (laughs) like, cause this is before Darren had kids. So he's probably like, cool. Now he's probably like, why would you ever do that? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's, got, he's got two kids now. His daughter, I think, just turned like four or something. He's got like young kids. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the um, uh, the scary sleepover I've been telling you about that Adam Green has on YouTube. I haven't watched it yet. He's watched those, especially because it's all people that we know. He has an episode with mm-hmm. Darren Lynn Bowsman, which is how I know, like, oh, wow, Darren Lynn Bowsman is just like a cynical goth kid who's like really into theater. <laughs> I'm like, that's just who he is as an adult. Um, plus, his tweets over quarantine, just a brief aside, his tweets over quarantine are the funniest thing ever. Especially because it was like, he came out and was like, sorry, you know, Spiral got delayed. And like a week later, um, he shares this tweet of that he put up on Instagram that's just like, you know, with uh, you know, Spiral being pushed back, Lionsgate gave me the, uh, the, get- the go-ahead to put another trap in. Basically, you're just stuck in a room with two children under five watching Peppa Pig for hours. And there's no way out. (laughs) Second only to my other favorite where it's, he was like, I'm sitting in the kitchen with my wife who is pouring herself a glass of water or something. Um, And he's like, she just looks wistfully into the middle distance and says, our family would die if this was a quiet place. And then just downed her whole drink. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, quarantine life is the best for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so suffice to say, I want to be friends with Darren Lynn Bassman. He seems like a great guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I also really want to be friends with Tobin Bell, who, again, we talked about in the last episode, but he bears mentioning again, especially because I found two more things about him. Uh, only one of which really relates to this movie. Um, so Tobin Bell, again, he's John Kramer, who's now named in this movie. We now have a canonical name for the Jigsaw yes. Killer. Um, <clears throat> he says that Saw 2 was his favorite Saw movie to do. And I would wager it's because I he believe had the most that. to do this movie. <laughs> Cause well, yeah, and movie. he just gets, well, and for most of it, he gets to chill out and just yeah. berate. Detective Matthews. Yeah. Well, well sick, sipping his oxygen. Yeah, yeah. Well, and especially because the next movie, he's laying in a bed the entire time. And every yeah. movie after that, he is there. He's on set for like a day and then he's done. So I think it was Saw 2 mm-hmm. was nice because it was like, I got to be in the whole movie. <laughs> well, um, this one also has his big speech about mm-hmm. why he does what he does which i used as a monologue i was I, I wrote, which a, I wrote super fun yeah i wrote that down i was like danny uses <laughs> as a monologue so you know it's good um but just real <laughs> quick uh just for i skimmed over a lot of the shit that he'd been in last week uh i found mm-hmm. out the other day that he's just i didn't watch the show so i didn't know but i know a lot of people like the flash the cw show 
He's like one of the mm-hmm. principal villains of the third season. He's like a dude that looks like he's in like a plague doctor mask, I believe. I don't remember the name, but uh, that's him. If you watch The Flash, that's t- huh. that's Jigsaw. Um, but uh, also, real quick to finish out the cast, you have Eric Knudsen. Knud Knudsen Knudsen. His name is Nudson. Nudson. Yeah, he's Daniel Matthews. He's Eric's son. Uh, he was in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the Mist miniseries, and Scream Four. I I like Scream Four. He's the kid. He's the one. kid. I think that tries to save his own skin by saying that like he's like I'm gay. That's not a stereotype. That's in a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, real quick, Glenn Plummer, who plays Jonas, who's the black guy that's in the house trap. Uh, I want to spotlight mm-hmm. him because he's in that movie Gifted with Chris Evans that you really, really like. I love that yeah. movie. I didn't even get his oh, name in I the just movie. Just rewatched that movie yeah, too. He, he's in that movie, so if there, if you, you know, if he looked familiar, it's probably because of that. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense. Why? How? Explain that. Well, because when I was watching that, so I rewatched Gifted about a month ago now, and I was just like, okay, I had just finished rewatching most of the Saw movies before I saw Spiral, and I was like, okay, this dude looks really familiar, but I couldn't place him. And now that you've told me that it's the same guy, it makes so much sense. Oh, well, good. And I don't feel bad (laughs) that I just couldn't place the guy. It's like... Did you die horribly somewhere that I know? <laughs> um, so that that kind of ties up my production notes. Um, I hope that people like the production notes. I mean, I just feel like, especially with a franchise breakdown, it's worth noting how these movies get made, or at least what changes movie to movie. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, if this is good and people like it, you know, again, send us a message at the underscore score horror podcast on Instagram. Ooh, plug in early. Well, I think we forgot the last like two weeks because <laughs> I was listening to it. I'm like, I don't think we, we plugged might have. it at all. Um, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, if this, you know, seems boring, you know, I'll, we can always skip it and just go right into the movie notes. Um, but at least with mm-hmm. franchises and especially, especially saw, I want to talk about yeah. everything, especially because I feel like, with a lot of horror, and as we are learning, even just from the fucking Crow movies, all roads mm-hmm. lead back. Like, people are in horror movies that show up in other places. Directors are the same. Writers are the same. And um, especially for, like, The Uninitiated, that at least helped me to be like, oh, Darren Lynn Bowsman, he made Saw 2. I liked Saw 2, so, like, I'm going to go see, you know, St. Agatha, because he made it. And I liked Saw 2, so maybe I'll go see this. Um, same thing mm-hmm. with like Jordan Peele. Like, well, yeah, I'd like to get out. You know, I'll, I'll go see us. You know, he made it. God yeah. Good. So anyway, movie notes. This is the first Saw movie with a cold open trap. I love those. And it's it great. is not the last. No, 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 no. That's why I said it was the first because there's several. <laughs> um, I think I think it's pretty much every other one except for the first one. Five. I think. Five has one, but that's not... I mean, I, I lied. So five has one. The first one does not have one. Two has one. Um, this three? Three does. Yes. I don't remember what it is, but I remember that they do. Four has the mausoleum. Four is the mausoleum. Five is the pendulum. Six. Six is the pound of flesh. 
Yeah, I forgot about that one. And then seven is the buzz song. And one then seven's the public one. Yeah, that one's fun. Yeah, I really that one. Like that scene is so fun. Like it's it's that one is straight up like schlocky garbage, but it's so fun. Oh, absolutely. Like, that scene is so fun. Um, but so the first, do you want to go through what the cold open trap is? Because I think it's, I mean, it's the first thing we see in this movie, and I think mm-hmm. it fits the the precedent and the mold that the first movie set beautifully the trap the trap well, yeah, does and you know the, the instructions do the whole scene just is mm-hmm. great well and i think it's really interesting because the first thing we see isn't like an establishing shot it is through the eyes of the person in the trap who just has a mirror in front of him and is able to look at himself in this what they call venus fly trap yeah uh, which kind of looks like I don't know if you ever watched this movie, um, but it really re- always reminds me of The Man in the Iron Mask. Yeah, it's exactly Starring right. um, DiCaprio. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what the mask always makes me think of. Yeah. But there's this guy who's got this giant death mask on that will close after the timer goes off. Full of spikes, And he too, has to find the key to get him out. <laughs> well, yeah, like that's how it's a death it mask. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so... Um, Jigsaw gives him his little rules for the game and he shows him where he's hidden the key, including a little video of him putting the key there, which I think is kind of fun. Did you know that? I think it's cool that he gave I, that. I loved that, especially because I found out that that guy is Darren Lynn Bowsman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I wasn't even like looking for that. I'm like, that's just some extra fun thing that I don't know. <laughs> Um, and I think I can say pretty naturally, um, it doesn't exactly go well for this dude. Well, especially when... Considering we visit his crime scene. Well, and all that Jigsaw says is, I'm going to give you a hint to where I've hidden the key. And it's just a brief flash of an x-ray of the guy's face, and the key is just, like, behind his eye. I mean, to be fair, I think it also helps that there's like bat, there's some bloody yeah. stitching under one of his eye, which yeah. probably is a good clue as to where they've hidden a key. That's one of the reasons that I think this trap, at least on my end, like I think I could do, because like you just gotta like, because clearly what happened was they cut that like slit. On, I'm sorry if this is super gross for people, um, but they like, <laughs> I mean, it's I'm sorry, it's saw. Uh, I gotta be gross a little bit. <laughs> Um, but they, they cut that slit under his eye and then put that key in and then just push it behind it. So theoretically, mm-hmm. you could just cut open that and then just, again, I'm sorry, it's going to be gross. Just fish around a little bit and then you just pull it out and you're good to go. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, if you have to blind yourself, you have to blind. I mean, you don't have to blind yourself. You just put out an eye. That's just It'd just eye. be the have, one eye. Yeah, because then you have an eye patch. Your depth perception cool. would be fucked. Yeah, you'd be like Deathstroke. But you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that was the draw for me. Is like, you mean I get to like, be part of the like, you know? Oh, never mind. We can't talk about that yet. <laughs> we can't talk about that yet. Uh, oh boy, caught that early. Um, um, the other thing this anyway. movie does with the cold open is it establishes the sewer tunnels that Jigsaw uses by saying that this section of the sewers has been abandoned, yeah. which is a reason he can set shit up down there. Yeah, I think that's also, like, 
one of the couple nitpicky things people had in the first movie was like, how the fuck is any of this allowed to happen? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it makes more sense if it's like, you know, he's got, um, you know, he just, it's an abandoned sewer. Like he can just go yeah. there and then it, you know, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, yeah. And they give is, more answers yeah. later on, but yeah, we, this is all you really need. Five in a yeah. secret, like sub, subversive way um mm-hmm. i also I, I mean i don't want to bring it up again but um it stands to reason that in a city that has a history of um abandoned buildings that you could feasibly just set up a bunch of death traps in them because no one's going to go looking for them and what city has more abandoned buildings in it than detroit you're gonna die on that hill aren't you it's just, it's not so much that I will die <laughs> convinced it's Detroit. There's so much evidence that supports that, at least in my opinion, over New Jersey. Like, um, like that one guy that really thinks it's in New Jersey. I rewatched yep. his video because I was like, what did he have to say about this bullshit? Uh, and <laughs> he's like, another good thing, and like another good like reason is the picture that's in the house of Matthews and his son is in front of Madison Square Garden very close to New Jersey. I'm like, or New York is just a super popular like vacation spot. And you could just go to <laughs> Madison Square Garden because if it was in New York, they would be more New York shit. It's only in quote unquote New York in spiral because they have a map and I'm like, okay, that's clearly New York. Yeah. But again, I'm positing different cities. <laughs> also, I love that you can definitely tell that some of the pictures they took of, um, Donnie and Eric as father and son are just outside of one of their trailers between Dude, takes. Yeah, it's just like the day of the like <laughs> like yeah, like after the fact they're like, yeah, we're waiting on a take. And someone just walks up and takes pictures of them and they're like, "Cool. Good to go, man." Yeah. 100%. Act like you're bonding. <laughs> uh act like you get along. <laughs> yeah. Um but going off of uh earlier how I was like these are two totally different movies they're paced differently the first movie has like a a work backwards sort of narrative where you're with the men in the trap and then it's flashbacks to shit and then it's like sideways flashes of what's going on at the same time this movie Mm -hmm. it's beginning middle end and Mm -hmm. it's I don't know it's not that it's easier to follow but like I always feel like I turn this movie on and it's done in an hour. Like, this movie moves very quickly. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I feel like I just... I think I sleep on this movie so much just because I love 5 so much. But, like, aside from 5, I think this is probably my favorite one. I think for me, after my most recent rewatch, it's probably 3, three. that's my favorite. I, 3 was my favorite I for think. a while, but un, unlike 2... Um, where it always feels like every scene something is like leading to a thing. Like I feel like every single scene mm-hmm. in Saw Two builds to something. A lot of scenes yeah. in Saw, Saw Three, at least the first time we watch it, feel like they don't matter. And even yeah. upon like rewatching it, like it's not that they don't matter. It's they're just more again more character building. Like most of Saw Three is just Lynn and John talking to each other. Like it's not a lot it of is. action happening. Which could go mm-hmm. one way or the other, depending on how you like your horror movies, and especially how you like your Saw movies. Um, yes. But 
it's faster. Uh, characters seem to know what they're doing. Uh, and I would attribute that more to, yeah. like, spiffer writing, where Darren was like, why would I just have them asking questions when they could just be doing shit? Um, mm-hmm. Which I appreciate a lot more, especially in a horror movie, is, like, I'd rather you guys do something and find something out than just sit and ponder what the hell you're going to do. Well, and especially when, like, there's a time frame, because the time frame in this movie is a lot shorter than in the last movie. Mm-hmm. In yeah. the in the it's main two uh, hours trap as plot, to six. Yes. Yeah. And and we'll we'll get to the nerve gas house once we get to the uh, the trap plot, but um, it's 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 also got a little bit more room to breathe, pun sort mm-hmm. of intended, where it's not one room; it's several rooms. Oh, yeah, and it's you a full have, house. Yeah, like you have freedom while still being stuck in that building where, mm-hmm. you know, and, and every scene that, you know, you, you have in the house is them finding something new. So every time you come to the house, there's a new thing happening. Um, mm-hmm. And the only thing that I can say they repeat is just they're like, wow, I really am getting poisoned. And they're like, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, they just got to check in and yeah. be like, we promise the whole time we are making sure they are actually dying of sarin gas poisoning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, the writing is a little bit sp- spiffed up, um, especially the dialogue. Um, and especially, mm-hmm. especially within the relationship between Eric and his son, Eric and Carrie, and Eric and Jigsaw. And especially, uh, and you know about this, um, Jigsaw's monologues. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about those for a little bit? So, yeah, I would love to, because I love that monologue. Yeah, uh, so so it's all about um, Jigsaw's reason, at least according to this film, on why he does what he does. Don't pull this like they, they change motives, okay? Because there's more than well, one motive for everything. <laughs> they don't change it. They just add, add to, to it. it. Yes. Yeah. Which is why I say as of this movie, because it does become something a little bit larger right, yes. later on. Um, but in this movie, his big reason is, as we found out in the last movie, he has cancer. So he's a dying man who yeah. now has limited days. I mean, they, which bust, he into takes his, it. they bust into his, like, cre- again, creepy fucking mannequin factory. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's booby-trapped the factory again, as we knew from the first movie. Um, mm-hmm. But they come up on him. Like, you know, SWAT team guns trained on him, and he's just an old, frail man hooked up to an IV. Like, in a wheelchair. Yeah, with an oxygen yeah, mask. Yeah, like, he's dying of cancer, like, hardcore. Mm-hmm. And he begins to talk about how when he found out he was diagnosed with cancer, he couldn't take it mentally, and so he tried to kill himself in a car crash. Yeah. And he survived that, and he decided that that was because he still had the will to live through it, and now he was going to appreciate life for what it is for the time he has and make people who don't appreciate life either learn to appreciate it or lose their chance at it. I believe the end of your monologue was his line, those that... uh, Fuck, I already messed it up. Don't appreciate life. Don't appreciate life. Do not deserve deserve life. life. Which is a you powerful ended, you statement. You ended an audition monologue with that. I did. I can't believe that. I, and you know what? That got that you your job. Got me this job. 
Yeah, the job where you sing doo-wop hits from the 50s. <laughs> you had a jigsaw monologue. That's the world hey, we're living I also in. had... I also had a nerdy Star Wars monologue, so let's not That's get the too hyped up on it. That's the two sides of you. It's the dark, cryptic, <laughs> horrible side, and then the, like, I also really like Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> that That is what I want on my tombstone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, no, so uh, I actually had this tidbit back uh, when I was researching Saw 1, but I felt it apt to put it in now, now that we're talking about uh, more specifically what John's deal is. Uh, mm-hmm. Lee Whannell came up with the idea of giving John Kramer a brain tumor while spending time in a neurology ward for anxiety and headaches. He said that undergoing numerous tests and expecting bad news made him reflect on his own mortality. He used this experience in creating a character who had only a few years to live. Convinced it was a brain tumor, he went to a neurologist to have an MRI done. And while Lee was sitting nervously in the waiting room, he thought, what if you were given the news you had a tumor and you were going to die soon? Like, in John's case, where you're given a rough date. Like, you have X Mm -hmm. amount of months before this cancer is going to kill you. Yeah. Uh, He imagined the character Jigsaw having been given one or two years to live and combined that with the idea of Jigsaw putting others in a literal version of his own macro situation by only giving them a few minutes to choose their fate once they're told how they're going to die. But un- unlike, you know, a tumor where it's like, well, um, the cancer is already at a state where it's going to kill you. You just have like four months. Instead, it's mm-hmm. instead of a tumor and you're going to die, it's you're in a device that's going to rip your jaw open. You have a minute. Here's But here is how you can live. It's going to be difficult, mm-hmm. but it's in a horrible way. It's easier to beat that than to beat the cancer that John had. So in a way you can see the way that he lashes out in his crimes is you should appreciate the, I th- the line that I really love that's in your monologue is, you know, once you're given that date, you know, you savor everything, even if it's just a glass of water but there's people mm-hmm. that don't know and they just kind of like list their way through life. They keep drinking yeah. that glass of water, but they never taste it. So yeah, God, this monologue is so beautiful. Like when you get, when you were it's like, I'm going to so do a jigsaw cool. monologue. I'm like, do the fucking one where he talks about the, what is the cure for cancer? Cause that's another mm-hmm. one where the, the punchline, which we'll get to later when we get into spoiler territory, but he straight up like the whole gist of his game with Eric is as I guess this is a good segue to talk about the cop plot the quote unquote cop plot mm-hmm. where it's you know the cops have found Jigsaw's lair they've got him cornered he's there's dead to rights um, mm-hmm. but on another table is a bunch of monitors showing uh, you know, a group a of game people in progress. trapped somewhere. And one of those people is Eric Matthews' son, Daniel. Mm-hmm. So Jigsaw tells him, okay, well, you pretty much have to wait here and talk to me. And if you do that for long enough, you will see your son again. You know, he asks mm-hmm. him where his son is, and he just kind of, in his own, like, half-truth way, is like, he's in a safe place. So mm-hmm. all of it Eric has to do 
is sit across the table from John while John tells him exactly why he does everything, and Eric doesn't listen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, well, and that whole time is... It, it, you're right. It, it's just monologue after monologue, but it's not to hear himself talk. It's to explain in non-boasting terms what it's going on. Because he wants, mm-hmm. again, everything he does is about learning a lesson. So he's hoping that Eric learns something from this. He's telling yeah. him all of these things. He's like, this is why I did this. This is what my life is like. If my if my experience and what I'm telling you can influence your behavior, then I'm giving you that extra chance to take back your life. Um mm-hmm. Especially in that whole scene where he tells him, he asks him, what is the cure for cancer? And Eric dismissively is like, it's not fucking torturing people for your own sick games. It's like, that's not the question John was asking. The The question mm-hmm. he was asking is not rhetorical, which is no. strange. But we'll get to that later when we talk about the spoiler territory. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. I just want to say all of that stuff we just said about Jigsaw, they they didn't invent in this movie, but they expanded on in this movie and they expanded it on expertly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Soft two came out in 2005 and yes, jigsaw. The character was nominated for best villain at the MTV movie awards. And despite everything that we have just said, all the stellar writing, the amazing performance by Tobin bell, the fact that this character is the, I mean, at the time was like the new slasher killer. Like he was the new Jason, the new Freddy. Despite all of that, mm-hmm. he still lost that award to Hayden Christensen's Darth Vader because that same that same year, Revenge mm. of the Sith had come out. Mm. So, uh, mm. it's frustrating. It's frustrating. As well. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> I just thought I would add that in just as like a go fuck yourself to people that are like, yeah, well, you know, it wasn't as good as Star Wars. I'm like, who gives a shit? Um, so anyway, back to the cops. Again, mm-hmm. like I said with Eric, we get to know everybody involved, as well as me to know. Yeah. We get a lot of very subtle, nuanced things from Carrie, a lot of subtle, nuanced things from Riggs. Uh, everyone involved, you get a good idea for, um, including the victims. Uh, which I think is interesting because the first movie was solely from the victim's perspective. This movie, it's from the victim's perspective also. They always keep that in every movie. But they also flip it and they show the pursuer's uh, mm-hmm. perspective. And it's interesting because in 3, we get the, you know, the grandmaster's perspective. So Saw yeah. 1 focuses more on the trap victims. Saw 2 focuses most on the people trying to stop Jigsaw. And 3 and the movies as they go later on show a different side of jigsaw during these games. So they, Mm -hmm. the first three movies, they give you boom, 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 the three different tiers of person that exist in this universe. And all of them are given the exact amount of treatment when it comes to writing them and making them seem real. Yeah. Uh, The only character I think that doesn't seem real is just, you know, whenever they have like generic criminal guy, but I mean, Obi, Abi. No. Okay, we're we're not at the trap plot yet. But I have a lot of things to say about Abi. 
Why did okay. they make him such an intense motherfucker for no reason? It bothers me. It keeps me awake at night. Like that day <laughs> that you beat my ass in Mortal Kombat. Like it just makes me awake. It just keeps me awake. And I'm like, why is Avi so intense for no reason? What's his deal? Where did he come from? <laughs> um, but before we get into the trap plot, I do have one last, kind of more or less serious thing to say. Um, and I'm, I think that it did a lot of homage was done to it uh, in Spiral. But I think Spiral gets a lot of credit um, for, quote-unquote, inventing this and bringing this to the genre when it hadn't been invented. It had been in the genre since the beginning. The Soft franchise does pretty apt and, like, legitimate references and nods to real-world issues. Like, yeah. police brutality medical malpractice, predatory insurance companies, um, the way that the criminal justice system is just fucked. Like, it talks about all of these things in a way where it's, like, subtly teaching it to you. It's not standing mm-hmm. there going, cops are corrupt, right? Like, yeah, we know. But, like, why? How do, why does that matter in this movie? Saw 2, your main character the cop you're supposed to want to have catch Jigsaw is a bad guy. He beats mm-hmm. suspects. He plants evidence. He testifies to send you know, innocent people to prison. That's not good. Cops shouldn't do that. And Jigsaw realizes that. He says, not only are you just dismissive as a father and you're kind of a shitbag of a person, but you're also... like I could forgive those things, but you're a police officer. When you're a police officer, you don't do those things. He does the same thing with, um, mm-hmm. uh, the hell is her name in Saw 3? The nurse. Damn oh, it. Uh, Lynn. Lynn. He does the same thing to her. He says, you know, as a person who is going through this, I understand. But you are, it becomes a detriment when it then affects the people you're supposed to be protecting. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that he's, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel for what makes someone qualify for his tests. I think he's shifting the blame away more from you're a scumbag and deserve to reevaluate your life to you're someone who could be doing so much better. You just need a little kick in the ass to, like, fix it. Because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, he, when, even when he's getting the shit kicked out of him by Matthews, John's like, you know, that's the... That's the Eric Matthews they gave medals to. Like, he is taunting him mm-hmm. with his his abusive power. And they do that in all of the movies yeah. where that is relevant. Uh, to the point where in Spiral, that becomes the central plot of the movie. Is police officers who are known scumbags are getting their mm-hmm. comeuppance. Instead, but instead of it being yeah. the like thesis of a of a killer's motive, in this case, it's just a case study in a particular individual's, uh, you know, just how shitty they are. Like they, it's just like this is mm-hmm. this particular flavor of the week person I'm going to test because they need to fix themselves. And how does he fix the people in the nerve gas house? <laughs> I mean, I answered it with the... He gas, gasses them. He gives them nerve gas. 
Yeah. We're going to move on to the yeah, trap he plot. He gives them two hours <laughs> to live and find out. I have to say, before we move on to the trap plot, because I'm glad you noted it, because it is one of the funniest things to me in this movie, which is as soon as Detective Matthews sees his son on the screen, he calls his phone, and Jigsaw has <laughs> yeah. re-recorded his answering machine. I, yeah, I forgot I wrote which that. Which is the funniest like, thing to commit to that bit. I was like, yeah, Ren. Jigsaw really did change Daniel's answering machine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, anyway, so we catch up with Daniel. Daniel wakes up in a gross house with half a dozen or so other people. I think there's eight of them total, so maybe like seven other people um, mm-hmm. who are equally as dirty, disheveled, and immediately sketchy. Like, this is a great it's like a very cool murder mystery slash like clue where like any one of these dirt bags could be responsible um Mm -hmm. or like and even if they aren't like you can't trust them because like i mean like xavier is a straight up fucking psychopath and like you're in the exact same position and he's like i'll kill you and you're like whoa buddy whoa uh Mm -hmm. but the given circumstances of their house trap just as an overview as we go through it is they are all eight of them locked in a house and they are being uh, exposed to sarin gas, which is a particularly potent nerve gas that um, is responsible for muscle spasms, um, <clears throat> respiratory failure, uh, a lot of shit like that. Um, essentially, mm-hmm. it just shuts your body down slowly and slowly and then you die horribly. Um, yeah. So, you know, nerve gas. Uh, yeah, fun times. So they have three hours before a door that is closed, the, the way out of the house opens in three hours. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the nerve gas will kill them in two hours. So in order to survive that long to get the door open, there are a number of antidotes hidden around the house, including in a mm-hmm. safe in the room that they are in. And this is where it gets back to escape room is he says that the combinations are in the back of your minds and the the order of which you can be found over the rainbow. Like, he just tells them, he gives them clues that, like, if you took them literally, like, are the answer. Um, mm-hmm. But, of, I mean, aside from that one <clears throat> that's in the safe, the rest of the antidotes to sarin gas that will help them not die can be won mm-hmm. from doing little mini games that are uh, tailor made for each one of them. Uh, specifically, mm-hmm. there's a <clears throat> a big oven. There's a, a weird like hand trap thing, and then mm-hmm. there's a pit of hypodermic needles. A giant we'll, pit of needles. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but like, man. I I can just imagine people seeing this movie after seeing the first movie where they're already primed for a movie full of twists and Mm -hmm. all of their people in this trap plot are sketchy as fuck. Each one of them is dangerous, um, untrustworthy, uh, sometimes randomly, seemingly randomly put there. Um, so it, mm-hmm. it builds a lot of intrigue, um, especially from a franchise that's this early is already known for being a twisty maze. 
of twists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how mazes go. A twisty maze of twists. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, also like it, it's, it's gets that, uh, that vibe of being in an escape room. Cause it's got that general trapped in a place with people situation, especially if a lot of you guys don't agree on what should be done. Um, mm-hmm. especially if a lot of the people you're in an escape room with are convicts. Yeah. Which is, brings me to my other last, I promise, citation of why this movie probably takes place in Detroit. Because Xavier did time in Joliet Prison, the old Joliet Prison. Where is Joliet? Illinois. What is way closer to Illinois, Detroit, or New Jersey? Detroit. So. That doesn't matter. I literally even wrote, not that it matters, but yes, yeah. <laughs> but not that it, but not that it matters at all. <laughs> Which brings me to Obi, Wan, Obi, Obi. It doesn't matter because that's he the calls thing himself Obi, him. but Jigsaw calls him Obi. Yeah, and I think he immediately that's fun. is like, "The fuck is Obi? It's Obi. What? It's my name. Hello, Obi." And like he immediately is like, "Well, fuck <laughs> me, I guess." So. Obby doesn't matter, really. He's just one of the people that are in the the you know the house, and he mm-hmm. dies in the you know in the oven trap. But Danny, why did they make him so intense for no reason? It really bothers me. <laughs> so, I think like the only the reason I can give for this is because he had to be more intense than the rest of them, because and I'm. Putting this in here because it's not a spoiler because it happens in like the first five, ten minutes of the trap plot because it's revealed that he is the one who kidnapped all of the rest of them. Okay. Which is terrifying. That's always, I mean, it doesn't ruin continuity for me, but it's always been just like a weird side thing that also completely validates my big umbrella theory for what I really hope the next like if they end up doing that new uh installment of saw that's the core series i really hope they do that with this movie because they've been hinting it for fucking eight movies mm-hmm. um I, we I, we can't talk about it yet but um yeah. we have we can talk about it in seven because that's when it's more or less revealed um yes. but the i don't know i just like okay so jigsaw clearly needed help because he was dying of cancer. So he just went down to fucking Skid Row and was like, you look like you can swing a knife. What's your name, weird guy? And he was just like, Abby. And he's like, what the fuck? Okay, if I paid you like (laughs) some amount of money, would you kidnap seven other people? And he just said... I'll do it for free. Okay. Like, and then you're, then you're Jigsaw and you're freaked out because this, this exact <laughs> thing happens in the movie where they're like, go in there and get the fucking antidotes or I'll cut you, says Xavier, the big scary prisoner guy with a knife. And Abby just stone-faced, like, he puts the knife to his neck, like, just as a threat. And he cuts, he takes the knife from his hand and cuts himself and then they step back, like, what the fuck? And he's like, you're going to threaten me with a knife. You might as well cut me. I'm like, wait. Yeah, that was Calm terrifying. Down. 
Also, uh, we don't know. I mean, we know, and we're going to get to it with the spoilers, why all those people are there. We don't know why he's there. Like, theoretically, it would That's be for the true. same reason as everybody else. But, like, I wonder But he's what, not around long enough to find out. I wonder how he got, how we got, like, what was the thing that he did mm-hmm. that got him there. Because it must have been, like, he fucking, like, stole, like, cigarettes or something. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, you know, being this, like, elaborate, like, underworld criminal. <laughs> yeah. That no one knew about. Um, so that's enough about Abby, I guess. It, it, I just wrote it down because I'm like, why did they make him an intense motherfucker <laughs> for, like, no reason? Give him absolutely zero backstory on paper, but clearly mm-hmm. give him a whole backstory, like, in the writing room. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb. Just, it doesn't matter. And, I mean, there's no evidence to support this. But I'm going to go ahead and say that he, like, is a veteran or something. Where, like, mm-hmm. he just, nothing, he's not afraid of anything anymore. And he's like, I've just done a bunch of fucked up shit. I might as well just, like, get paid for it now. Yeah. So that's my pet theory. Especially because, like, he's the only one out of all of them that looks, like, homeless. Like, he's got that big jacket and shit. Mm-hmm. We've spent a good nine minutes talking about this one character. He's got maybe seven lines of dialogue, and he's only in the movie for, like, three minutes. Yep. We sh- yeah. I'm sorry, but, like, I needed to just talk about him. Because, like, <laughs> damn it. He scares me. Um, also, on a slightly different note, uh, I guess this isn't something that I normally think about, but uh, I don't know. It just stuck out to me. I guess this movie, I would say, would have, like, if you are someone that has a predilection, like a trigger for, like, cutting or like self-harm or just anything mm-hmm. cutting wrists uh avoid this movie or at least yes. watch it with someone who's seen it so they can tell you when that stuff is happening mm-hmm. um because i mean just because you can make that effect super easily they just straight up show it um yeah and i can think of two scenes specifically one uh is when amanda talks about how, how why she's probably back why in the game back. again despite already having won um she's revealed that after she won she just kind of lapsed into she this she fell down a rabbit yes, hole again yeah um and also this the trap that um Addison the the female uh the one of the other female trap victims gets stuck in is uh mm-hmm. i always akin it to you know those um plastic like soda lids you get at fast food restaurants like if you were to go to mcdonald's you get that Mm -hmm. plastic lid for your like drink and that little like sharp square thing where your straw goes imagine that was big enough to put your hand through and it wasn't plastic it was metal yeah so to the point where if you put your hand in you couldn't pull it back out without it just cutting open your wrists Mm -hmm. so that's a trap and uh it's pretty gross but um, they don't linger on it for very long, and it's just blood. Like, it's not, like, it doesn't show them cutting into the skin. It's just, like, mm-hmm. again, it's that thing we talked about last episode where it's more about the thought of what's happening that gives you that, like, ooh, like, I don't know if I like that. Um, yeah. But I, I would say it's worth mentioning, maybe, I, I, I suppose. 
I I would agree. Same goes for Saw Three. There's at least one scene in Saw Three where that happens. Amanda is just some. She's in Saw Three as well, and mm-hmm. has another scene where she talks about that. Uh, so on, kind of back on the Abby note, we're the slowly learning why the people in the house are there, especially learning that they all share similarities in the fact they're all criminals of some degree. Uh, mm-hmm. But they all seem to talk about how, or some of them don't even. They just kind of go, okay, well that guy's clearly a drug dealer. This guy's got some kind of like gang-related thing. Um, Abby is shifty as fuck. Amanda yeah. said that she went to prison for possession, but it was after she got clean. So you're getting these hints mm-hmm. of like, okay, some of these people are shady, but like. Not criminal shady, but, like, why are they here? Yeah. Um, But that is a little Easter egg that we'll get to when we talk about the spoilers. The last, one of the last things I want to talk about, trap plot-wise, is um, the needle pit. The, the yeah. Like, that's this movie's reverse bear trap. Yeah, that's the staple of this movie. So, the needle pit, as you can imagine, is a hot tub sized hole in the floor filled pretty much to it's the brim deeper than that. It's no, I like would say just like in circum deep. in like circumference size. Oh yeah. Like in, in cause it's a pool. It's like a vat. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's mm-hmm. like eight feet deep and it's filled with the grossest, grimiest hypodermic needles. So if you hate mm. needles, don't watch that. Don't trap. watch that scene. It's rough. Uh, again, just on the idea, like, it's not like someone's going in there and, like, it's getting in their, their face and shit. It's just the idea of it is so disgusting. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you could shoot this in a number of ways. But how Darren Lynn Bowsman shot it was with real needles or real implements. So in yeah. order for it to be done safely, four people over a period of four days removed the needle tips from syringes and replaced them with fiber optic tips. So ones that like they just bend like they're not going to stick you. Mm-hmm. They modified a total of one hundred and twenty thousand fake needles. However, this number was insufficient and the pit had to be filled with styrofoam and other materials to make it appear to have more needles in it. So many needles. The needles that were stuck into Shawnee Smith, because Amanda gets thrown into it, because I guess we should talk about the gist of the trap, is that um, there's a safe in the room with the antidote in it, but there's a, they That's need a key. lock in two minutes or so. Yeah, forever. Like, lock forever in two minutes and you need a key. Where's the key, Danny? The key is in the needle pit. It'll be like finding a needle in a haystack. Or a needle stack. <laughs> Forget it. Anyway, so the needles that were apparently stuck into her arms, because she does have like li- like ones hanging off of her, um, they were blunted syringes stuck into padding under her clothes. Um, and the ones in her arm, it was like a fake arm. Uh, like there's a scene where like after she finds the key 
and Daniel's like helping her pull the needles out. Like it's a fake arm that they're pulling needles out of. Um, Mm -hmm. that trap is just so gross looking Uh, like that reveal when they're like, they just pull the bed away and there's just, just there's literally 10 hundreds of thousands of needles in here. And you're like, Oh my God. Like it's a lot. 120,000 fake needles was insufficient. That meant they needed more than 120,000 fake needles. That's how deep and gross this looks. Oh, man. Like, I know the scene is probably really gross for some people that hate needles. Like, it's worth just looking at it, like, for the spectacle Mm -hmm. of what this thing will like. Some of the coolest parts of every Saw movie are, like, that establishing shot of the trap. Of what it looks yeah. like, especially in Saw Three, they do them really, really beautifully. Where like every single trap, it's like this cool, like setting of the stage of like this is the shit. Mm-hmm. They do that in this movie with pretty much just this trap. Like they show yeah. it and then they like zoom in on it and like you're like oh fuck, ah, uh, and it's like it's easily the most recognizable one in this movie and i would posit mm-hmm. like i would have said probably the death mask one because it's so much akin to the reverse bear trap but it's just because yeah. i think it's because the the whole scene was real like they used real syringes that they just changed the needles off of which is mm-hmm. insane to think someone well, had frankly, to do that i think this one is is a worse trap to go through than the death mask trap at the beginning. Oh, I absolutely agree. There is no way around lots of, lots of problems after that. Well, not even like the, the needle part of it, but imagine it was like a like 150,000 twigs. And one of the twigs had a, had a key attached to it. That's hundreds of thousands of things that look exactly the same, and they're dirty. And you have two minutes, Mm -hmm. and you're already wasting time by arguing about everything. So, like, Mm -hmm. the scale of the trap itself is so... I mean, it's not impossible. She finds the key. But, like, it's so insanely difficult. And then you put into Mm -hmm. the fact that they're needles that, like, will stick in you and be uncomfortable, you know, to the point that they... They don't have it in the movie, but, like, they could break off in your skin and cause all sorts of problems. Uh, And, again, uh, they could have AIDS on them. They could have any number of horrible illnesses on them. That's true, because they're all used. Like, oh, gross. Um, Mm -mm. So I think that's the final thing before the spoilers. Do you have anything else for the people that may turn it off after this? No, I just really want to get the spoilers for this movie. God, there's so many of them. <laughs> there's there's so, so much. many spoilers of Saw 2. Um, so I guess to wrap it up, if there's someone who's going to turn this mo- to turn it off, um, we're getting into really big spoiler territory. Um, mm-hmm. It's the type that like irrevocably changes the movie for you if you watch it yes. knowing this. Um, I mean, it's still an awesome movie if you know the twist, but like, Getting that for the first time, it's amazing, and there's nothing that beats it. Like, the Saw Absolutely. montage at the end of this movie, it's one of the best in the entire franchise, because you're just like, fuck. Like, everything. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Spoiler warning. I have only two Spoilers things written ahead. down. <laughs> um, 
Can you see them? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know I can. <laughs> Get it? A safe place? <laughs> <laughs> so for the listeners, um, it ends up that the trap plot in this movie has already happened by the time Detective Matthews is in Jigsaw's lair. Yes, they are not the- watching the trap live they are watching a pre-recorded two hours of that trap. Yeah. The so the whole trap plot took place days before the cops ever found Jigsaw's lair. Um, the entirety of the time they're watching recordings. By the time the tech team finds the source of the signal, it's the wrong house. Um, that just has VCRs. Yeah, it's just yeah. That was 2005. the thing. Is he is yeah? Riggs pulled off the cl- the cloth, and it was like a scary zoom in on a VCR, and I'm like, oh, ancient technology. Like that's the real <laughs> scary thing, is that Jigsaw's just a fan of AV. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. So there's a uh, again. So there's so many layers to this. I'm, I gotta try to we gotta try to break it down. So Matthews has finally snapped, has beaten the living crud out of John, has convinced, and John has convinced him, or he's convinced John to take him to where his son is. So the last thing and that, at that John point, tells him before he agrees, John says, is he says game, game over. over. He says game over. So he says, I'll take you to the house. He takes him to the house, but... Mm-hmm. It's, you know, he's just looking for a son. He's not realizing, like, oh, wow, this is, like, these bodies have been dead for days, not, you know, mm-hmm. hours. I he think it's been about Daniel. 24 hours. I think I thought it was, yeah, at least prior. a day. Yeah, it was at least a day. Yeah, I think it was the one day. But, mm-hmm. so, the last we've seen of Daniel is Amanda and Daniel have outlasted everyone else. They've either died in traps, died of sarin gas poisoning, or they're Xavier, and Daniel kills him because there is a passage underneath the house that leads to the sewers and the bathroom from the first movie. So mm-hmm. Amanda and Daniel are hiding in the bathroom from the first movie where Adam's dead body is still at. Zep's dead body is in still the corner. There. Everything is like perfect. Like where the everything foot used to from be. the first one still yeah. there. Like even the point like the box that Lawrence got the bullet in is still tossed to where he tossed it. Like everything is mm-hmm. perfect. Um, he kills Xavier with one of the hacksaws uh, that I think presumably the one that Lawrence used to cut his own foot off. Mm-hmm. And the, the last, other one broke. Yeah, and that's the last thing we see of the two of them. Now, what I never really noticed, probably because I'm not all that perceptive when I watch mysteries, everyone in the house is getting visibly sicker. You know, they're coughing up blood. They look mm-hmm. sick. Everyone except for Amanda, which you probably yep. never even noticed. Like I didn't notice it until I, I until someone I you know I was reading it and I looked. I'm like, holy shit, you're right. Because mm-hmm. Amanda is not there because she fucked up again. She's there 
because she's Jigsaw's protege. Mm-hmm. She is going to carry on his work after he dies. And she reveals this once Eric has found himself in the bathroom, presumably to find his son, but he finds nobody but a pig-masked person in the bathtub who tranquilizes him, chains his leg to the pipe, gives him a tape recorder with her voice on it, explaining why they're there. Now, everyone mm-hmm. that's been in the nerve gas house so far, every single one of those criminals, they all have something in common. Yes, they're all criminals, but all of them were wrongfully put away in prison for some time or another, for some crime or another, because Detective Matthews falsified evidence to convict them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Amanda, she used to be a junkie. That's why she was put in the game the first time. After she kicked her habit, she said, yeah, I started, you know, hurting myself, but I was in prison. And Daniel asked why. Mm-hmm. And she goes, possession. And she, he's like, well, I thought you quit. And he's like, yeah, I did. The cop that arrested me didn't think so. So all of the people mm-hmm. in the house are people that Detective Matthews put away. And they're all in the house with his son. Who, I mean, they all find it out during the, the gas, during, during the nerve gas mm-hmm. house. But, you know, most of them are dead or dying and they can't really do anything I was saying, about it's it. It's near the end when they all find out. And the only one who takes it really bad is Xavier. He's furious. Dude, okay. Xavier doesn't care about anything. Xavier is actually the best Saw Trap player aside from the woman from Saw 5 who lives. Oh, that's true. The two of them are the best Saw players because they are like, yeah, I recognize it's a death trap, but I can win this. Like, mm-hmm. that one like, where they're like, oh, man, you know, you know there's no antidote. Like, there's bars on these doors. You know, it's, it's all this shit. And he's like, yeah, but we're in a house. This isn't a jail. This is a house that we can escape from. Like, there's shit mm-hmm. that we can do. And I don't blame him for going off on his own and being like, I'll find the combination. The combination that was in the back of their mind it's literally on the back of their head. A number is mm-hmm. on the back is, is on the back of their neck in a specific color. So the order of the numbers is just rainbow color order, which is textbook like escape room stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I always think well, it's just and again, one thing. John told them all they needed to know at the very Everything beginning. They needed to know was in that first room. The trap door mm-hmm. to get into the basement and escape, the key that they said don't use on this door and it shot the guy in the face, that was the key to get out. The, to the trap door. Yeah, to the trap door. The, um, uh, the, the antidotes are in the safe. Everything mm-hmm. is in that room. They can just, you know, they can all probably just be like, oh, shit, we got, like, numbers. Numbers in the back of our mind. Over the rainbow. Try, a, you know, try rainbow. Or, then they all get out and be done. But... You know, they're criminals. But alas. think that way. Um, so anyway, back <laughs> to Amanda as a protege. This is kind of the big staple of Saw, is that Jigsaw never acts alone. Alone. Jigsaw normally has, like, acolytes. Like, the police call them accomplices, but they're more like students. Like, he's more like their master. I like to call them apprentices. Yeah, apprentices. Or, like, acolytes, protege. Just... Any role that is, like, you're learning from a master because, mm-hmm. you know, he's 
because Amanda even says in the the tape she answers Jigsaw's you would think rhetorical question what is the cure for cancer it's immortality and living mm-hmm. on through something after you're dead so in Jigsaw in John's world his immortality will be that his work will live on after he dies and this is the first little seed inkling that I think that Sock is secretly so much more than just slasher stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always been one Michael Myers. There's always been one Jason. There's always been one Freddy Krueger. One Kruger. Freddy Krueger. Jigsaw is multiple people. And mm-hmm. all of the marketing from Saw 4 to Jigsaw, stipu- like all of the taglines have something to do with speaking of Jigsaw in this like almost saint-like reverence of yeah i am still among you uh he helped me um you know like in the all the jigsaw marketing was just people with the face paint on and it was Mm -hmm. like you know his message is everywhere like his message lives on it's all this like cult type shits that i'm like no one's really talked about that i think Mm -hmm. should totally be exploited (laughs) Oh, absolutely. absolutely would kick so much ass. Um, we're getting kind of shorter on time. You want to wrap this up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I'm sorry. This is a nice hearty episode. Yeah. Well, no, but, I think but it's that's right where the movie this ends. This is a big one. Yeah, that's right where the movie and ends. Yeah, like the movie ends that, with he's shot away in the bathroom. Amanda gives him the game over, and you're left with like, mm-hmm. holy shit! Not only was oh, uh, we probably should reference um, Daniel was literally in a safe in Jigsaw's, in Jigsaw's like, lair. lair being pumped gas gasoline. So if Eric really had gasoline. just sat... Oxygen. Not gasoline, sorry. Oxygen. <laughs> yeah, if Eric had just sat and talked to John for the mm-hmm. two hours, the door would have opened, he would have seen his son, they would have arrested John, game over. It would have been done. Everything would be done. But but Eric lost his game. Exactly. And John kind of builds his games, giving someone the chance. Like, he does this in 2, 3, and 4. He gives them the chance that they could win, but he almost knows they're going to fall victim to their own hubris and fail. Mm-hmm. And he's like, guess I was yeah. right about you. I was giving you a chance, but I guess I was right, and you're just, you're just a fuck up. And then that's the end of the movie. It's like, ah, oh, well, you, you're lost, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, follow our Instagram at the underscore Square Horror Podcast. You can send us requests and feedback at squarehorrorpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> and until next time, stay spooky out there. Game over. <laughs>